Igor, dial 1-800-555-FEAR. Yes, Martha. Dial-up phone sounds. Thank you for calling BrainScan. That's, that was where my bit ended. I didn't have, oh, a, okay. I didn't have a further bit. started recording i did i did because i have a limited amount of time i need to go see a cat <laughs> so you know trying to squeeze in a little podcast in between uh work and cat sitting welcome to my life what film do we pick this time allison you picked it yeah i picked it um you like it it is uh <laughs> don't blame me well i hadn't heard about it and you were like oh yeah i'm into this movie called brain scan 1994. It's the one we're talking about today. You're like, but I, I don't have it on DVD and stuff, and it's not, you know, it's not something that a lot of people have seen, really. Which, I mean, is true. Like, just, you know, talking to our friends and stuff. Uh, Who are, most, yeah. you know, some are pretty film and horror literate, especially yeah. this era. You know. Yeah. yeah. To be fair, this was a flop when it came out. Yeah. So it's definitely something that a lot of people probably overlook, especially if they're doing, you know, a little horror retrospective, you know, going backwards, because, you know. Because yeah. most retrospectives don't go forwards. <laughs> yes. That's true. <laughs> but, yeah. But, yeah, so I told you I, I liked this film. Yeah. Um, I had this taped off of television. Yeah. I was kind of a Eddie Furlong head. Yeah. As a kid. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I grew he, up. I mean, he was John Connor. Yeah, so. I grew up watching Terminator Two on TV all the time, and it was like it's it's a perfect movie. So it's like it was one of my favorite movies. But that's like such a obvious like yes, of course it's it should be one of everybody's favorite movies because it's just a really perfect movie, both in execution and conceptually. It's great. Mm-hmm. Five out of six out of five stars. Like unbeatable Terminator Two. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. You literally don't need to have seen the first one. I didn't. It's fine. Yeah. A plus, anyway. Yeah, so, um, and he was in other stuff, but, like... American I, History X was probably one of the... I think I saw bits of Terminator, but I think I actually saw American History X before I saw Terminator 2. <laughs> yeah, that's a mistake. Yeah. That's a movie that did not age well. No. No. Um, it's not even like, oh sociopolitically it didn't age well you just no. watch it and it's as it's as subtle as two hammers yeah yeah <laughs> it's, it's as subtle as a gun that shoots knives it verges on the melodramatic which is not really what you want in a meditation on you know race and white nationalism uh <laughs> counterpoint i think it is what you wanted at the time it came out okay yeah sure i think like that was a way we could swallow that yeah. all of that is by making it like really 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 obvious sure and and melodramatic um but yeah it didn't age super well it's it's really unsubtle and kind of dumb yep um it looks really nice that director yeah has a great visual style yeah anyhow edward norton yeah never not good yeah honestly great cast honestly overall feruza balk yeah uh ethan supley Mm -hmm. um but that's not this is not that movie no but yeah so i had like i don't know 
this was back in the days of television and like when you would have commercials like even on movie channels when they were like tonight on showtime or cinemax or whatever the fucking channel you know and it would be like eight o'clock this movie you know 10 15 this movie and you know 12 21 this movie or whatever and you'd be like oh and i would see those things be like oh i kind of want to see that i never saw that i don't know what that you know like whatever Mm-hmm. And I would just throw a tape in and tape a movie. And, you know, if a little ways into it, I was like, this is trash. I hate this. I'm not watching this. I would just, like, stop the tape mm-hmm. and rewind to where I left off. And then, you know, next time a movie was coming on where I was interested in it, start taping again. Even if I hadn't seen it. And that's how I saw this. Is I was like, oh, Edward Furlong. It's a horror movie. It's about an evil CD-ROM game. I was like, this sounds fun. Mm-hmm. This sounds like the 90s. The era in which I thrive. Yeah. Um... Yeah, oh, kind of, kind and it, it is absolutely that. Oh, it's yeah. very much the nineties, like Superman. Uh, you know, uh-huh. like no, like a reverse Superman. So I guess like a man. <laughs> I thrive. What? I don't know. I was like, oh, Superman. Like you know, it gets powers from. It. I was like, oh no, wait, he actually only gets powers from our son. Never mind. I forgot how Superman worked. Uh, just call me Zack Snyder. Um, <laughs> oh my god. So I'm like, I don't follow this bit. <laughs> And it now, wasn't a bit. I, na- I did I'm, fuck it up, and, and then I made a joke out of it, because well, I'm good. That's what I'm saying. Now I'm wondering I'm if it's not a backdoor way to just slam Zack Snyder again. Nope. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Uh. I just managed to save it, because I'm funny. I'm a funny man. Um, but yeah, I was like, this seems like fun. So I just taped it, and I was like, oh, this is great. And I showed it to a bunch of my friends. And like, it's not a... I'll say right up front. It's not a great movie. It's not a perfect movie. There's a lot of stuff that, you know... Okay, I was talking to Bill yeah. Guinan, a frequent guest of the show and uh, uh, our music collaborator for yeah. our theme, mm-hmm. texting with him today, and he asked what movie we were doing tonight. I told him, and he's like, oh, I heard of that, but I never saw it. And I was like, it's not perfect, but, like, it's kind of fun. I like it. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, that sounds like a lot of movies from that era. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, but some are closer than others to, oh, to sure. being like, oh, this, this could actually have been good. Yeah. And this is very close. Yes. I don't think this is, like, legit, like, a good movie. Like, oh, man, appreciate the themes. Like, there's right. nothing. It's, it's yeah. a very thin movie, but it's a lot of fun, and it's almost really, really cool. It's constantly almost really, really cool. So, a couple of quick notes with that. The effects aren't bad. No, effects are good. F- especially for the time. Music is good. Uh, music I, is cool. I, I like the, the, you know. The soundtrack, the soundtrack or the score? Both, actually. Because the score um, kind of reminds me of. The score gets a little of, iffy in sco- spots. Yeah. The score kind of reminds me of Twin Peaks. Oh, interesting. Weirdly. Okay. Not a lot, but I a little bit. I didn't get that, but you know, that's that's a weird takeaway. I, I'm kind of into it. Yeah, like the yeah. Op- whatever the opening score is that's playing over just like the very beginning of the movie. I was like, this kind of sounds like Twin Peaksy. Yeah. And then it starts to add like a weird uh, vibrato-y like surf guitar type thing, and I was yeah. like, it's getting further away from it, but like it's not outside the realm of possibility. Sure. Um, and then yeah, the soundtrack is like it's a lot of 1994 like metal. Yeah. Um, they, they sort of like name drop and, and, uh, set design drop, uh, a lot of other stuff that's really cool. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Um, it's a very like, oh, look at that. Look at that. Like yeah. that it was, it's a, he has a very cool bedroom. Yeah. It's, it's just absolutely uh cutting edge nineties technology where and horror and metal. Yeah. Anywhere. Like, yeah, yeah. No, um, um, there is at one point just like a pickup B roll shot of Eddie, the Iron Maiden mascot. Yeah. There is no Iron Maiden on the soundtrack. More the fool you. 
Right. Um, but there is Primus, and there is White Zombie, uh, yeah. and there's probably some other good stuff. Yep. But uh, And a couple of the songs, even though I don't know them off the top of my head, I, I was like, oh yeah, I remember this song, but only from this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I remember this. But um, yeah, so again, you know, decent soundtrack, yeah. decent effects. Yeah, it's and, a cool concept, whatever. Well, and I mean, it's also playing with a similar mechanic that Scream is, where you are using the pushback against horror and, and with, like, the satanic panic and everything like that as another vehicle for horror. So it's the idea that, like, horror is a contributing factor to being a maniac. So, yes, but I also think the movie... I think it's trying to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's okay. it's it's all right. It does an okay job yeah. of that. Oh, but I'm not I think... saying it does it. As no, good or no. better than Scream, but I'm saying, like, it's playing in the same space where... Yeah, it's not know, as self-aware Where or it's that... No, it's definitely not. But I mean, like, that that whole idea of, like, well, what if, you know, right. and it's metal actually... and horror did make you psychotic? Right. And then uh, it's just kind of... It's the West Memphis like... 3 thing of, like, oh, sure, yeah. horror movies, oh, yeah. Ma- Iron Maiden, he must be a murderer. Yeah, it's taking, it, it's taking it back to all the fucking horror creeps, right. uh, you know, who, who get shit for their... Uh, yeah. You know, and it's proclivities like, and stuff. And so then it's like, well, yeah, what if it actually did? And that brings it back into enjoyment. You you lost me. You, you kept well, saying brings it back, so we oh, doubled back too many times, and now sorry, I don't know where we were. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, just, um, like, you know, again, like, Bobby likes horror, and Bobby gets shit for liking horror, and then this is a way that Bobby can still enjoy horror while also, I guess, kind of working out some of those feelings for getting shit for liking horror. What is? This movie. This movie brings yeah. game. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure if you were talking in the plot of the movie. No, no, no. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, and I think this paints a decent picture of, like, actual horror fans. Oh, yeah. Because oh, totally. <laughs> I think it, because, yeah, they're, everybody that we see in this that's a big, like, horror and metal fan, they're big fucking nerds. And you love them. Yeah. And uh, I got some knowledge bombs about about Kyle. Hold up. Hold, put a pin in Kyle for a second, everybody. We'll be right back to Kyle. We didn't even introduce Kyle. No, I know. <laughs> you will hear about Kyle. Please stay tuned. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also kind of touches on the idea that, like, horror helps you process trauma. Yeah. Um, in a way that's, like, not stated really well. Right. Like, they don't... Um, they... It's a thread that they show you pretty heavily up front and then right. completely drop that you almost never touch on throughout the rest of the movie in a way that makes you forget about it, except for, I watched this movie a bunch as a kid. Yeah. And, you know, I kept being like, hey, why does why is this in the, you know, like, yeah. why is a thing in a movie if it doesn't matter to the movie? And then I was like, oh, I think it's trying to say something, but, yeah. like, that gets all lost in the actual movie. Yeah, well, it does, but then there's not really any growth in that direction. No, And no, no. so, you know, it, it, it ends up feeling a bit dropped because it's just kind of put in there for color rather than, like, a statement. Yeah. Let's stop being vague. Sure. Let's stop being vague and start actually. Let's walk through the plot of this movie pretty quickly. Sure. Because it's a thin, it's a thin plot. It so, is. the film opens with uh, a flashback dream that our main character Michael is having. Michael is played by Eddie Furlong, as I mentioned. Mm-hmm. The dream, you know, shows a thing that happened to him when he was younger, which was his family was in a car accident. I believe his mom died. Yes. Yeah. Right. Like oh, we're hundred ha- percent on that. Yeah. Totally. Okay. Well, because, like, we never see either of his parents, and in my head I was like, I think they're both dead, and maybe he just lives with, like, a family member, but re-watching it now, there is a phone call in the middle where his dad calls, and he's like, I'm away on business, see ya. 
Okay, no big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so his mother died, and his uh, leg was all fucked up. His knee is mangled. Um, so, like, the dream is part, like, his memory of, like, the surgery to fix his knee and everything. It's all very traumatic. Yeah. And he wakes up, and he's sweating, and it's, like, 15-year-old sweaty boy Edward Furlong. So, like, get your Tiger Beat posters out. <laughs> um, I'm not ripping on Edward Furlong. I'm a fan. I think he's, you know. Good actor for a kid, especially. And mm-hmm. I think he, you know, seems like a decent guy. Yeah. Uh, in real life, so. Um, props to you. Um, there are basically only really five and a half characters in this movie that you need to care about. Um, so you got Michael, that's Edward Furlong. You got his best friend, the aforementioned Kyle, played by Jamie Marsh. And I'm not even going to bury the lead on this. We've talked about Jamie Marsh on this podcast before. Do you know where and when? No. Because Letterboxd was like, I started to type Jamie Marsh and it auto-completed. And I was like, has he been in something? What was he in? He's one of the two coked up bad guys in Beethoven 3. No, he's not. Yeah. No, he's not. Yeah. Holy shit. Why? I would ask which one, but they're the same character. They're the We've same guy. Um, I mean, if you go to the Beethoven's third, uh, you know, IMDb, and you check the two guys named, like, they both have just first name Bill and Dale or whatever. One of them has a other has a photo and other credits and the other one does not so one of them is jamie marsh and the other one question mark mm-hmm. um okay so that's his best friend kyle wow. he is uh in love with he's the... so much better in this he is um <laughs> he really is honestly i think he's the same but it's calibrated but, yeah. better in this yeah, movie it works it yeah. works in this movie yeah. yes oh, boy. now it would have been retroactively soups dupes funny if Edward Furlong was the other guy in no. that <laughs> trying to get the disc with the whatever yes. on it. <laughs> yeah. But you know they look drastically different in age by now. <laughs> or by then. Right? I don't know. You have to. I don't know. Maybe. Because I think in this, uh, he was 27 playing like a teenager and Edward Furlong was 15 playing 16. Oh, Kyle? Yeah. Oh, I thought, I thought when you mentioned that, that was the girl, Amy Hargreaves. No, they both were old. Oh, they're both older? They're, wow. A- a- Amy Hargreaves was like 22, maybe. So anyway, he's in love with Kimberly, who's the girl across the way. Um, Who he creepily pervs watch, yeah, watches from his window. Yeah, he's got a video camera and, uh, you know, he has it set up on a tripod and he watches her. And even early on, they, they front load that, like, she's aware of it. Because mm-hmm. um, I think they were like, oh, we don't want to be totally creepy. We'll get, we'll, we'll, yeah. we will dive back into this. Oh, absolutely. But, um, so she's, uh, had a decent career, mostly television stuff. I looked yeah. her up cause mm-hmm. her name also came up. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause she was in a couple of things that we've seen, just you and I have seen, not like right. on the podcast, but, sure. uh, like Blue Ruin. She was in Blue Ruin. I which don't is, remember uh, that. Uh, say, um, Macon Blair is the star. It's a Jeremy Saulnier movie. Guys did, uh, Murder Party and Green Room. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, one of his uh, earlier films. Um, so, she's in that. Um, that's a great movie. Look up Blue Ruin. It's kind of... It's a life ruiner. It's a, it's a day ruiner. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty fucking sad, but uh, it's just, like... I don't know. That guy. I also don't know if I pronounced uh, Jeremy Saulnier. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. It's just a, uh, taking a swing at how to pronounce names. Um, anyway, so... That's Amy Hargreaves. And then... You got two other characters, the proverbial, I guess, angel and devil on Michael, on uh, Eddie, Eddie Furlong's shoulders, which are Trickster, mm-hmm. 
played by T. Ryder Smith. Yeah. Um, this is like basically his only movie role. He had like one or two others. He's mostly a voiceover guy. Mm-hmm. Did you look this up at all? What like what his other things were? His, his most known things. His two of his most known uh, voice roles you would know. Oh. He is Sander Cohen in Bioshock. Oh. Yeah, that's the guy that runs the. I feel like we looked this up when we when I first watched bo- or uh, uh, brain, brain scan, scan with you. Yeah. Maybe. Um, Sander Cohen in the game is like the guy that runs the like theater yeah, and is totally fucking nuts. Uh, yeah. Bioshock is great. If you haven't played Bioshock, play Bioshock. He also voices Baron Unterbite in the Venture Brothers. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, which is great. Uh, so two things I love very much. And then also yeah. Brain Scan, which I like. So yeah. uh, thanks. Thanks, T. Roger Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, and then our last character you need to know about, A. Caffle. All cops are Frank Langella. <laughs> um, he's just a cop. He's credited as Detective Hayden, but like I think you get his name once in the movie. It doesn't matter. He's just the cop investigating some murders in the area. Yeah. But it's just Frank Langella who adds so much like looming menace to this movie. Yeah. Just like quietly. He's not yeah. even overplaying. Well, he has very little interactions with anybody. He's but, got like, a stage background, doesn't he? Hammer horror stuff and yeah. like um, tons of theater and TV. And, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so like dude knows his way of, around, well, you know, performance. Yeah, your your theater guys are often your best villains. Yeah, I mean, I think they just have the most fun. Sure. Um so yeah, these are your characters. Uh the basic plot is that Michael lives with his dad. His dad is away on business. Uh his best friend Kyle calls him up and is like, "Hey, did you see the ad for this thing called Brain Scan? It's a new, you know, video game, horror game." Um, it was in the back of Fango, Fangoria magazine. Yeah. Which they name drop a couple of times, and there's mm-hmm. a bunch of them on set. Yep. Um, well, yeah, you're not. Are you really a, a horror fan if you don't have a Fangoria subscription? Let's discuss. Um, yeah. I, I don't think we have to discuss. I didn't. But yeah. Like it, I said, you know, we've talked it about was another. the premier horror magazine in the 90s. Yep. And it's back. Yeah. It's back, baby. Yeah. You know, he's like, yeah, it's a game, whatever. And, and Furlong is skeptical, and then still calls it now furlong is i guess a bit of a tech geek um because he has his you know dial-up modem that was the 90s 1994 Mm -hmm. uh probably filmed in 93 Mm -hmm. he has his dial-up modem hooked up uh so that he can voice control it through the ai that he's programmed called igor um so you know i'll be like igor call kyle and goes yes master and then and then like if it's a known contact uh photos of who he's calling will pop up yep on his like little monitor and then like it comes on over i guess he's got like just a live mic in that room all the time i guess i mean you know it's fiction it's fine i'm sure the audio quality was wonderful it's 1994 you're just yeah. walking around this ginormous bedroom wooden bedroom oh yeah with your glass of milk we'll get to that and he has igor dial 1-800-555-FEAR which is i guess a nod to the movie well 976 evil yeah which is uh you know movie i don't know maybe it's not maybe it's just like oh we this would i mean it would be the the phone number for a cd-rom game in the 90s anyway, oh totally calls up the voice on the other end gives him a pitch on how it's you know it's a it's a good pitch it's you know yeah. the, it's the cutting edge and you know yeah it's the interactive horror gaming the most you know extreme horror you'll ever have the displeasure of playing like yeah that kind of stuff mm-hmm. And uh, Furlong is a jaded, you know, jaded 90s kid. So he's like, eh, whatever. 
Um, he's seen death, Hunter. He has. Yeah, he's had, <laughs> lived a very uh, horrible life for a child. Um, thanks for bringing that up. So then he, uh, I'm sure he's thrilled. Um, the disc shows up. He puts it in. And it, you know, promises to be this, like, completely immersive experience. Uh, he has to complete a murder. You'll be, you know, in the eyes of a killer. That's the whole thing. And they explain that the way it works is it um, draws on your subconscious for, like, details and whatever. So he wakes up, you know, in the eyes of this killer, commits a murder, and then um, has to, you know, has to cover it up, basically. Like, the, you know, the other discs come... You know, yeah, step well, two, step three, step four, and it's like, there were witnesses. Yeah, they do outline early that he has to kill somebody and leave no witnesses and no evidence like a real serial killer would. Or, yeah, it's or the object real, of the game. Yeah, yeah. And after he plays the first one, he's pretty psyched, and then Trickster, this being, digital nightmare being, comes mm-hmm. out of his computer. Yep. How would you describe Trickster? Um, like if you mashed up Jareth and Hoggle from the Labyrinth. Oh, that's not bad. Yep. I said if Freddy Krueger's cousin conducted an orchestra of the damned. Okay. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, very tall, very lean. Um, He's kind of like rough looking. He has... Have we described... Wild hair. Have we described Fingles on the podcast before? I don't think we've ever talked about Fingles. Fingles is what our friend group calls very long fingers, usually with, like, prosthetics yeah. in movies. So we're talking this, and we're talking species, and we're talking... Uh, not no. species. Subspecies. Subspecies. And we're talking the Dark Shadows remake. With yeah, the... he kind of has Fingles in that for yeah. sure. There's a lot of a lot of vampires have fingles. Yes, definitely. Um, definitely. Yeah, fingles. It's just like finger extensions, usually yep. then with also like uh, you know long nails or claws yep. or mm-hmm. something, and and um, yeah. So he's kind of wearing like a weird maroon and black velvet, yeah, like jacket. Yep. Like a long coat. Yeah. He's got a lot of very tiny yeah, teeth. It, it looks like an ascot came with it that he chose not to use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. This dude looks like a theremin expert. Yeah. <laughs> um, He loves Primus. Yeah, which I mean, fair. I also. <laughs> He's got this, yeah, very crazy, like, teased up hair. It's also shaved way back along the sides. Yeah. Um, it's it's wild. And then, yeah, long, long fingles. Um, he just, like, materializes. Oh, and a nose ring. And a nose ring. It was the 90s. Um, she probably also I'm, had like a butterfly tattoo. I was going to say, I'm surprised he doesn't have an eyebrow ring. I think it was popular. the early 90s. Okay. The eyebrow ring was uh, yeah, late, late 90s. 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right. Uh, you could tell who had one because of that little scar in your eyebrow. <laughs> yep. I knew somebody that would just shave that scar into their eyebrow. Yeah. Because they thought it looked cool. Fucking trend whore. Um. <laughs> All right, let's not be judgmental okay. about people in the early 2000s. Okay. It was all of us. It was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> We've all got UFO pants in our past. Yeah, he he materializes and tells Michael, like, okay, now I have to play part two. There were, there were witnesses. And then, you know, part three is like, there's evidence. And he has to keep doing it. And um, what he's real, what Michael realizes is that this murder that he thought happened completely in a video game actually happened 
a couple of streets over in his town. Mm-hmm. And that, you know... This game probably hypnotized him into murdering somebody. Right. And, you know, he doesn't want to... Now he feels bad, because before it was just a game, and now it's real. Yeah. Yeah, so he doesn't want to do it, but if he doesn't do it, you know, the witnesses will come forward, or the evidence will be found, mm-hmm. and the cops will get him. And as we mentioned, Frank Langella is on the case. Yep. There's also a decent amount of shenanigans with a dog with a foot. Yeah, that's coming up. Yeah. Okay. We didn't get into it. Well, okay. We didn't get into, like, the foot yet. Okay. Um, I wasn't sure how broad of strokes well, so I'm doing, were taken. Yeah, I'm doing yeah. pretty broad okay. strokes. Okay, all right. Um... But I mean, like that's pretty much the whole plot. Yeah. That that yeah, that's that's pretty much it. And then the movie eventually ends. So, what do we want to talk about? What I want to talk about for well, I mean, unless you have anything that happens before this, um, I wanted to start with the the horror club at school. Sure. But yeah. if you have this, this is the half character that is the principal. Yeah. He's worth mentioning, but not necessarily like a real character. He's an obstacle. Well, and he's he figures into the ending too. Yeah, he doesn't figure into the ending. They they well, add him back in. He serves no actual point in the movie. Yeah, like well, he doesn't he doesn't do anything for the plot. He, well, he's emblematic of the societal pushback for horror at the time. Yeah, the yeah. View, the view that like it's the West Memphis Three thing of yeah. like oh a horrible murder happened in our town. Um, I know three guys that you know read Stephen King and listen to you know Metallica, so they must have done it. Yeah. I mean, at one point, so basically the horror club is secretly screening a film and uh, principal finds them and busts yeah, them for it. It's, it's, you know, he's like, well, this is like a free period or whatever. And the free period is meant for, you know, study and cultural, uh, you know, enhancement and things. And he's like, what is, what film were you even watching? And he goes, uh, death, death, death. Oh, part two. Was it that? Huh? Okay. Because I remember they also kept talking about the gallbladder. I thought it was called gallbladder. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> Kyle, he, he leans over to Kyle and he's like, he sa- or he says something during it where he's like, uh, this is pretty rough. And he's like, dude, dude, I know. But like, wait till he eats, the, wait till he eats her gallbladder. Yeah. And th- so then when, you know, the principal walks in, he's like, what is that? And he goes, a gallbladder, sir. Ah, uh, I see. Yeah. But I thought that he, was the name of No, the but movie. when he asks him what they're watching, it's called Death, Death, Death. Part two. Uh-huh. Um, apparently the footage is from a movie called uh, Legacy of Dracula. Okay. Um, f- or, 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 no, the Dracula Saga, I believe, from mm. 1973 or something. Sure. Um, I had to look it up because I was like, well, there's no way they filmed a whole sec- separate thing. Yeah. And there's no way a movie is called Death, Death, Death. Yeah, I it's mean, like. generic. Too generic. They do it sometimes now yeah. but that definitely wasn't no this is a common practice this yeah. is not a, a high enough budget movie to do a secret second film yeah with effects in it like i was like no they just got some you know cheapo thing that they yeah had sure. in the yeah. vault you know mm-hmm. yeah so i had to look it up yeah but yeah it's called uh the dracula saga 1973 yeah um i love uh movies with a fake movie in it yeah um one of or my favorite ones, or whatever, yeah. Yeah, I like fake fake media yeah, in films, but sure. one of my favorite ones is in, uh, I believe it's the fifth, Final Destination, um, whichever one hinges on uh, they have to stop a disaster happening at a, a movie, movie theater. theater. Yeah, the movie they're showing, I forget what they call it, but the footage that you see on screen is actually from the Long Kiss Goodnight, which is a movie I love. Oh, it's the bridge yeah. explosion yeah. from Long Kiss Goodnight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gina Davis, yeah. Samuel L. Jackson, and the theater Brian actually Cox. explodes. Yeah, it's really good. It's very uh, people ducking because the train's coming, except it's reversed because it actually does happen. Yeah, the exactly. train did come. Right, yeah. right. 
Pretty good. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Um, yeah. At one point while he's in his office, I wrote down a, a line, because, like, his, you know... The principal's office? Yeah. 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 The principal's, like, you know, basically, like, you know, accusing, accusing him of, like, you know... Uh, Being a hooligan, lowering yeah. the IQ of everyone in that right. room, you know. Right. Um, and so... He asks him, like, why do you even watch such things? Yeah. And he's... What does he say? Does he say it's a release, or no? He says it's, uh... What's the word he uses? Well, that's not the thing I had written down, so I'm not sure what he, <laughs> I can't he, says, what he says. I think he says something like it's uh you know he says something like it's a release you know whatever, and the the principal says like smoking a like lighting up a marijuana cigarette or watching a pornographic film right, getting yeah. an erection and raping someone. Yeah, and he goes, I don't think erections rape people. People rape people. <laughs> yeah, which is a good guns don't kill people. Yeah, um, but I mean the thing is this is actually very true though like. You I mean, could, this you is get how hard. All day. <laughs> and at that age, he would. Exactly. Yeah, constantly. They probably had to cut so many times on the set of Brain Scan. <laughs> cut, everybody, cut, and it's happening again. <laughs> oh boy. All right, rolling. <laughs> I mean, I feel like they do shoot him from the waist up pretty frequently. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> So before he even plays brain scan, what is it? There's like an accident or something. Uh, yeah, he's coming a few home. Blocks from his house. So he's got a fucked up knee, as we mentioned. So he yeah. rides a cool little Vespa. Yeah, he rides a little scooter, and he's got a helmet for it, but just hanging off the side. And I'm like, well, too bad you don't have a mom around to tell you to wear your fucking helmet, kid. That's because he's cool, Allison. <laughs> Duh. Duh. <laughs> Duh. Uh huh. But anyway. yeah, yeah, too cool for road safety. I just... mean, he's going like eight miles an hour. I've fallen harder out of bed. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. It's a Vespa. It's powered by, like, a hairdryer. Yeah, but we know how dangerous those are. You don't have to wear a helmet to operate one. As seen in, uh, Maximum Overdrive. That's Hair not... dryers are very dangerous. That's not on real. <laughs> Cannot cite that in your defense. <laughs> Objection. Anyway. Yeah, so... He does actually meet uh, Langella, Langella yeah. outside of the game. So it almost is like the game is taking like stuff. Yeah, what we will out find of... out is not everything we see once he plays the game is real. Right. But then the movie walks some of that back to be like, but maybe it were though, which is the weirdest shit about the movie, which is kind of what I like about it. And also the worst thing about it. Yeah. Is it can't decide where it wants to come down in the end. Sure. Um. But yeah, so... Uh, he's Vespa-ing around, put, 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 and uh, he yeah he sees there was it looks like a car hit a bike yeah and somebody's being taken away on a stretcher uh -huh. and there's blood in the gutter yep and he's just like wow he's getting kind of flashbacky to his yeah, accident car accident right and he's kind of just like sort of shell shocks down there for a second and Langell is like hey kid you live around here he's like like two blocks and he's like do you know them and he's like no sir and he's like I guess this doesn't concern you then and he's like no and he's like you better get on home. You know. Yeah. He's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm going home from school. He's like, you better get home, do your homework. He's like, all right, and he leaves. Yeah. But, like, Langella, he has gravitas, and he's one of those guys, like, if Frank Langella was your grandpa, he'd be your grandpa, and all your friends would be like, I'm scared of your grandpa. And he would, you know, you'd be like, oh, no, he's a, he's a sweetheart. He's, yeah. a, he's a big, cuddly teddy, teddy bear. But everybody would be like, yeah, but he looks like Frank Langella, though. <laughs> which is intimidating yeah at the very least sure yeah um yeah I, uh frank langella has been in a million things google frank langella you've probably seen him in stuff um mm -hmm. yeah he's a you know uh, 
he's a very proficient actor. But yeah, he has this look to him, proficient which is and prolific. Yes, uh, but he has this like very heavy, you know, heavy browed, like really intense stare. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's it's really it's lends you know, itself very well to cop. Yeah, it's good. Yep. Um, it's it's good casting, and I forgot it was him uh, until we rewatched it. Mm-hmm. You know, this time I was like, yeah. I was like, oh, Frank Langella, good to see you. Yeah. Uh, it's a welcome presence on my screen. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, he gets to his house. Brain scan has arrived. Yeah, the brain scan envelope um, has like brain scan printed down it a bunch of times, and yeah. it has his address, which is um, Montview. I don't know if that's a real place. It it's is in, not. It's yeah, New Jersey. Right. I was like, never heard of it, but it's Montview, uh, and the local like paper is called the Monty. Yeah. Which comes up later. The only reason I mention it. Yep. But yeah, I was watching. You know, I was like, where's this set? Because like it looks like it was filmed in Canada. Yeah. And um, I'm not sure it wasn't, but I was like, this kind of could be filmed in Canada, um, but it's set in New Jersey. Yeah, I want to say um, what doesn't it matter? was actually filmed around Pennsylvania. Oh, really? So, New Jersey, you know that is near here. Yes. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, like, okay, I, I feel like I read that it was filmed around different places in Pennsylvania, not... Oh, that's cool. You know, I did not know let that. Me, let me just uh, pull up the well, sure. uh, shoot. Okay, so I was mistaken. It was filmed in Montreal oh, in Canada. Oh, Canada. Where I got Pennsylvania was apparently when he is giving the brain scan operator his phone number. It is a 717 area code, which is Harrisburg area. It's like Wait, Harrisburg really? and uh, Gettysburg. Yeah, so his area code is Pennsylvania. He supposedly lives in New Jersey. It was filmed in Canada. That's weird. Yes. Huh, good, call- good catch. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, you're right. It looks like Canada is in fact Canada. <laughs> it just had Canada. It just felt like Canada. I've seen yeah. enough X-Files to know when it's Canada. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean like many other things, but famously the X-Files. Mm-hmm. Famously Canadian. It is. No, I know. That production is famously Canadian. I mean like uh-huh. a lot of movies, you know. Tell me about it. Yeah. Scully, do you believe in the maple syrup alien? No, Mulder. That's preposterous. Oh boy. <laughs> do I have news for you? <laughs> I don't think he says that. No, oh boy, is uh, Scott Bakula from Quantum Leap. Oh, oh boy. Oh boy. Uh-huh. I love Quantum Leap. I love Scott Bakula. I want to make a t-shirt with Scott Bakula wearing a Dracula cape that says Scream Bakula Scream. You could put it on uh, your bag and it could be a backpackula. <sighs> so deep, I love it. <laughs> so many, so many levels. It's like Inception. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so i have a i have a logical question about this movie and i know this isn't a movie that it's not a thing i do a lot it's also not a movie that should be logically you know, oh no it, it 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 comes apart at the seams when you do that but go yeah. ahead hey how come the kid with the fucked up knee has a third floor <laughs> bedroom oh boy ah. Uh. I don't know, man. He's got to have... He has to go up so many stairs. And he doesn't even have one of those little lift chair things. No, no, no. Well, and like, it's definitely been in horror movies because the uh, Cult of Chucky or whatever has... Yeah. You know. Yeah, because Fiona Dourif is uh, in a wheelchair in that. Yeah. It's uh, uh, Curse of Chucky, I think. Okay. And uh, the Annabelle creation too, right? Um, Maybe. thought so. Uh, Creation is the like prequel one. Yeah. Yeah, but I can't remember if they have. I don't. I don't remember when it takes place. It takes place kind of a. I thought a while ago. So yeah. 
maybe. I don't know. If there's you're some, a listener and you've seen this movie and you know for sure, you can recall for sure, yeah. write in. Yeah. There's definitely, like, something that I'm kind of remembering of, like, somebody trying to take one of those downstairs and then it stops and then it won't move and then it starts coming back up the stairs. Yeah, that, that, I mean, that definitely sounds super familiar. That might be Annabelle Creation. It could be, but it could be one or the other. It could be, like, a conjuring. Sure. One of the random conjurings or something. Sure, sure. Yeah, um, I just thought it was weird that the kid with, like, yeah, the bad knee who, like, limps. He limps. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a third floor bedroom. I, yeah. Again, uh, wrote a real little joke in my notes. Uh, okay. It's a diary of a limpy kid. Oh. <laughs> well, now I gotta Photoshop that. Yeah, you do. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> That's good. Yep. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, he, he's just, you know, constantly shuffling through this movie. So, yeah. Yeah. I was trying to pay attention through this movie to, like, see if he keeps the limp. Mm-hmm. He does a pretty good job. Okay. He's not super, like, active- that's the problem with this movie. Okay, so I spent the morning, because um, I was off today, getting photos mm-hmm. for this movie. And a lot of them are just close-ups of fucking Edward Furlong, like, in his room. Yeah. Or whatever. There's a couple where he's outside. But, like, it's a very boring-looking movie, because, like, not a lot happens on screen, really. Honestly, like... Yeah, well, so this... I mean, jumping ahead a little bit, but the second murder we don't even see. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, that's a wild choice that, like... It is. I don't know if that's, like, budgetary or if it was for the reveal, which we'll get to, or what. Uh, I I thought it was more for the reveal. Uh, either way, I mean... Yeah. So, um, yeah, he plays the brain scan disc. The brain scan uh, CD has a brain on it, like, like yeah. you would expect. how cute. But here's the thing. That looked really familiar to me, and I couldn't tell if it was just because I've seen this a bunch, or if, like, you know, like an Offspring CD or something had a brain on it. No, doesn't so, that look kind of like the re- Reanimator? That's not a thing that I... I'm telling you, like, in oh, my okay. head, I was like, this looks like a CD I owned. Oh. Maybe it's just because I've seen this a lot and it looks familiar in that way, but, like, it would not surprise me if it was, like, uh, the, the you know, the design on an Offspring CD or a Massive Attack CD or something. So if you, again, listeners... If you are like, oh, I own a CD with, like, a brain on it. That's the, you know, design on the CD. Mm-hmm. Write in. Write, hey, watch, great watch, W-R-I-T-E-H-W-G-W at, at gmail.com. Uh, and send us an email. Let us know. We should have a jingle for that. Oh, boy. We got jingles. So many jingles. I'm in the process right now of writing like the jingle the... for the whole Movie John Podcast Network. And we also, you and I have to do a commercial. Yeah. Well, I mean, but, like, like how, remember Zoom? Yeah, I know. I know what you're getting at. Yeah. But like, okay, so you come up with something. Okay. I will try. You piece of shit. You create something like inward singing. Okay. Yeah, he plays the first the first, you know, disc. So he has like I forget, 15 minutes or something to commit this murder. I thought it was like an hour and change. Oh, maybe. I don't yeah. know. It's some time limit. Yeah. And all all that matters is he has to do it within the time limit. So here's where I think this movie is almost really cool and then it's not. I think when it when he's play, quote unquote playing the game, it looks too regular. It looks too much like the rest of the movie. Yeah. Now the point of view thing almost reminded me of Jallo films. Yeah. Right. Well, you sure. get that a lot in Jallo because yeah. the whole thing, almost every you know Jallo movie is like, who's the killer? What's yeah. the motivation? Right. You know. And you get a lot of the killer's point of view. Yeah. So in this, you're the killer. You're the killer's point of view. I was like, it could have done with some like Jallo lighting, some colors, some yeah. you know something yeah i mean like you get elements of that in this dude's 
bedroom yeah, kind the, of, but it's not no. old or anything like that. No, the first it's victim, just... uh, he lives in a normal house. Uh, you know, we see Ed Furlong like chews a knife off one of the hanging, you know, like utensil racks. He goes upstairs. The guy has like yeah, like a neon clock or something yeah. on his wall. So there's like a little bit of a blue tint, but like it's not even like Michael Mann levels of neon. Let let alone is it you know Dario Argento sure. or or lava. Yep. Yeah. And that would have been really cool, and it also would have been... So I was kind of going to save this for the end, but, like, watching this this time, only this time, I was like, I could, I would kind of remake this. Oh, yeah. Like, this is my thing about well, remaking movies, is you I, you shouldn't... It should be fucking illegal, like, you should be, like... Well, no. you should be, like, kicked out of the country if you oh. try to remake a movie that was a success. Why? It was a success. You should remake shit that didn't quite land the first time. But yeah, I thought, like, it would be kind of cool if you remade this. A, I would show a lot more of the crime scenes. And B, the crime scenes would be styled, like, different genres. Expand on that part, Well, please. like, like, like Jello. You'd be like, you know, it would be like, oh, we chose this scenario for you. And you would... It would pop into, you know, the killer's point of view when you're playing it and the lighting, the style and camera work, you know, even the score in a meta, you know, meta way that the audience would appreciate and the character would not because he can't hear the music. Sure. Would be like a Giallo film. Okay. And then, I don't know, whatever other kind of thing you want to do. If you want, you know, like, oh, and this one is 80s horror. So I would change the film stock. Oh, okay. And make it look like 80s horror. The victim would be more 80s horror. You would kill a, a cheerleader or something. Yeah. Or whatever. And, like, the the reveal would be that these things were actually happening in your town, whatever, and then the plot would kind of mirror the, you know, plot of this. Sure. But, like, yes, the, the, the choice of victim and the way in which they were killed and the visualizations that the character sees always through the point of view would mimic a specific genre or subgenre of horror. Okay. Because that seems like a thing that would appeal to horror game players. So yeah, like the Giallo one might be like a piece of mirror or something because they like doing like weird stuff like that. But then 80s might be like a hacksaw. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, sure, sure. You know, maybe like one of the levels is like, I don't know what you want to call it, but like, you know, like Southern horror or something. And it would be like a kind of Texas Chainsaw narrative, you know, mm. but it would be like, oh, it's just like the weird you know, folks at the edge of town here, you know, especially if it takes place in Pennsylvania or New Jersey, like this is supposed to like, there's a whole part of the, the state that, you know, we kind of refer to as Pennsylvania. gets kind of, you know, the saw is family out there. <laughs> I'm just saying I've driven through it, but yeah. Also, I feel like we're, we're now living in a post hardcore Henry world. We're having that kind of first person perspective even done at length is a lot more doable. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it wasn't hard because apparently uh, filming that was uh, tough because you're basically strapping a camera onto somebody. Yeah. Has anybody <laughs> seen anybody listening seen Hardcore Henry? Uh, I really like that movie. Yeah. I did not expect to, and yeah. I really did. Oh yeah. No. Well, I'm not a big fan of uh, found footage in general because when it's done poorly, it is nauseating. Yeah. So that's always a very, like, shaky sort of thing for me going into No it. pun intended. Well, like, yeah, like, I need to know that this is going to be worth my time and experience because some of it's just bad. Yeah. And uh, painful to watch. I think found footage gets a bad rap because of the sheer volume of it. Oh, sure. Because a lot of, you know, like, post Blair Witch, a lot of people were like, oh, anybody can do this completely missing what works about Blair Witch. Yeah. 
which you know like there's no special effects in that there's no fucking twists it's that it's theater of the mind shit where sure yeah it lays in the stuff you need to know to build this you know narrative in your head and then it's just weird yeah and well, it's low budget weird in a way that's you know that let that grows with yeah. you like well and a big part of it too was that it looked like nothing had ever that you had ever seen before pretty much and so then once it existed that's it that that's the novelty I mean, it, it <laughs> didn't know? invent found footage but... no but it definitely presented it in a way that hadn't been done like that previously yeah uh found footage you know generally before that was like a camera crew was fa- you know like whatever yeah. and this was like anybody could have a video camera now it was the 90s 1996 yeah. or whatever so sure. yeah they're yep. much more prevalent and everybody was kind of used to them even if you didn't have one like we didn't have a camcorder growing up but we had relatives that did you yeah. know so it was like oh yeah, yeah sure 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 but yeah, hardcore I mean, henry versus the blair witch yeah i mean here here's the thing I'm that's not, what you're pitching well i'm not trying to like yuck anybody's anything because i mean that always pisses me off is whenever somebody wholeheartedly be, is like this whole genre sucks it's like well no it cannot be your cup of tea but there are definitely things that manage to exemplify the best things in their genre you know in in a way that's like wildly widely appealing so i don't super go in for like westerns myself yeah but there are westerns i like it's it's sure. the ones that are just like you know that that manage to hit that exceptional level but yeah just pulling one average one i'm not going to enjoy it nearly as much as pulling an average action movie yeah yeah uh you know if you're not a fan of a specific genre then like an average one is probably not going to make much of an impact on you you know you want something that really like stands out and is like oh it shows you what the genre can be right so as a sub-genre of horror i don't like found footage but yeah fair but i there are definitely plenty of found footage movies i like they're just very particular yeah. And they're big names. What are, what are, like, do you have like a couple off the top of your head? So I liked Blair Witch. We watched in, in quarantine, what was that called? The, uh. Yeah, give me something. It was like a very short, like, you know, not even like a, a bit over an hour. Oh, Host? Host, yeah. Yes, Host was great. Um, where, uh, and, and that's not like found footage so it much is. as it's like a, it's like a Zoom call where they do a seance and that's stuff. That's found footage. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and yeah, that just, it did so many little smart things. Yes. With this as a new technology yeah host is incredibly smart and the bet like and i don't mean this as any kind of disrespect to host or anybody that worked on it the best thing about host is it is exactly you know the length it needs to be yeah it's short it's it's longer than a short film but shorter than a movie right i mean technically i guess it would qualify as a short film because that's how you know films are but like Mm -hmm. it's longer than your average short film but shorter than a movie and it, it that's perfect yeah you're just like this is exactly the length this idea needs to be. Sure, it's great. I really, I really dug that. Um, I would also throw out Lake Mungo. Yeah, that was all right. Yeah, I liked Lake Mungo yeah. quite a bit. I, I'd, I'd heard about that for mm-hmm. years. Finally saw it. Yeah, uh, that's got a real. It's, it's fine. Like the whole thing is fine. It's your, you know, normal level of like eerie found footage. You know, is there a ghost? Who knows? Kind of story, but it ends on such a strong melancholy note that it's really affecting mm-hmm. that like a lot of stuff does not yeah. do. Sure, um, yeah. yeah, that was great. I, I recommend that yeah. hardcore. And then I also like hardcore Henry. Yeah. But that's an action movie. Yeah. That, and that's not even necessarily found footage. That's just, uh, it's his it's, point of it's, view. Yeah. It's first person perspective. 
kind of. Yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah, you're right. It's all first but, person, but it has but here's the same the thing feel. Is, yeah, it has the same feel because, again, it's a very kinetic camera in a yeah. way that you don't get in other genres. Yeah. Brain skin. Um, <laughs> so we were talking about the first uh, first kill. Yeah, first kill. It's a, a guy's asleep and, you know, he's got the... Michael has the, the trickster in his ear yeah. saying, like, go to the gate. And he goes to the gate and he's like, go to the right. And he goes to the right and he's like, good job. Pick a knife. Pick some knife. You know, yeah. like, it's very, like, do this now. Yeah. Um, which is kind of like, I don't know. It's just like, all right. There's got to be a way to do that that's more interesting and engaging. Well, so what I found a little interesting about that is that uh, Trickster keeps changing his tactics based on what the situation needs. So... Expand on that. For example, uh, in the third mission or whatever, sure. where he's trying to, uh, you know, erase the evidence of his footprints, uh, Trickster calls... The, the cop, the calls the house, yeah. yeah. And it's like, you know, there's an intruder in your yard. Well, who is this? A concerned citizen. You need to do more voices. Sorry, I don't have one. Uh, but, you know, so I mean What's like... What's Trickster sound like? Hey, Michael. Fine, that's fine. <laughs> Commit to it. No. Uh, if it's no. Joe Bluth, it's Joe Bluth. Yeah. Or if it's Tobias doing Joe Bluth, then it's <laughs> Tobias doing Joe Bluth. <laughs> hey! Yeah. Um... But he so he goes from being actually in this kid's ear to then just being an entity that's like, you know, using his influence on other people to make things harder for him and stuff. Right. So that that part I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, it's interesting. Yep. And then, you know, that he can pop out of the TV and kind of be somewhat corporeal. Yeah, the the CG in this is pretty janky. It looks pretty bad. Um, apparently there's a deleted scene. I thought scene it was where... decent for the time. Uh, I mean, for the time, sure. Yeah. Sure. Yes. But, like, it's bad. Yeah. I mean, also, it's that they, they use restraint with it, so you don't get, like, a crazy amount of it. Oh, I, I'm just talking makes... about, like, the stuff we yeah. do get. I'm not talking about, like, okay. conceptually sure, or whatever. Sure, sure. I'm talking about, like, the stuff that's actually physically on screen that you see with your eyeballs mm -hmm. is, like, the CG is janky. Okay. When he comes out of the screen, like... Comparatively, like whatever it is, six, eight years before Cronenberg mm -hmm. does Videodrome that has like a person fucking like behind a latex thing, like stretching out of a TV and shit. And it looks much better. I didn't see Videodrome. Oh, buddy. I know. Again, remember uh, like three years ago, <laughs> I was like, I've seen like no Cronenberg. We should watch more Cronenberg. Yeah, we've watched I a ton just, since yeah. then. I just assumed one of them had been Cronenberg or had been Videodrome. Anyway, so... I mean, I'm just saying, like, there's ways to do things with practical effects that look even better. And, like, so he, like, yeah, his face stretches out of the TV, but it's very, like, weird and bulbous <laughs> and straight. It doesn't look great. And then, like, you know, yeah, then, then there's just some, like, it kind of, like, is a Star Trek beam me up kind of thing with, like, weird colorful tubes and stuff. And then all of a sudden he's just standing there. Um, and that, I mean, it's fine. It's just not wonderful. Too smooth for you? It's just weird. Yeah. It's like, it's, I don't know. It doesn't look intentionally weird. It just looks like... Um, apparently there's a deleted scene. Um, at the end, part of the whole thing is that, you know, Michael doesn't want to kill the second witness, who is Kimberly. Mm -hmm. um, so he, you know, Trickster shows up and he's like, you have to do it, Michael. You have to, you have to kill her. She's the witness, Michael. She'll turn you in or whatever. And um, Michael stabs him. And then he, like, tries to punch him in the mouth. And, like, both times, like, Trickster starts to, like, kind of absorb mm -hmm. Michael. 
so apparently there's a deleted scene where they like are more it's more like two entities like absorbing into one body thing and they did like a practical uh, effect of that with like two faces on um t rider smith's like face mm. and like where it was michael trying to struggling to like get out of him yeah, or whatever Reed. Yeah, the effect they finally ended up with is just uh, Ed Furlong with some, like, stippling along one side of his face and... um, Digital, like, pixel contacts. Yeah, the trickster's contacts, which are, yeah, like, pixelated. (laughs) Kind of cool. Kind of cool contacts. Yeah. Um, But the effect is just like, yeah, it's just a sweaty Edward Furlong with contacts. (laughs) Yeah, he very very sweaty in this movie, probably because he keeps drinking so much milk all the time. Dude... Yeah, so he, he commits the first murder, um, you know, he goes upstairs, There's an, they, the first victim has an orange boy cat, which is cool. Again, we love an orange boy on film, because we have orange boys in this house. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, the guy, like, rolls over, and, and um, you know, Michael sees that he has, like, a tattoo on his foot of a caduceus, or something. I thought it was knives. Wait. Knife with a snake around it? Maybe. Something. Yeah. And, um, so he, like, stabs him in the back a whole bunch, uh, and then he cuts the foot off. With a kitchen knife, which that wouldn't be that easy. That would take some time. Yeah. Um, And then, yeah, he wakes up and uh, he's like, (gasps) and he reaches over and just chugs a glass of milk. It's all pouring down his face and chest. No. When did the Got Milk ad campaign start? Probably Probably with this film. Well, yeah, I know. Seriously. Ugh. And like. I had a a, a girlfriend whose father took us out to lunch once Mm -hmm. and. we went to it like a cheesesteak place. Yeah. Because it's Philadelphia. We all got cheesesteaks like you do. And he got a glass of milk with his cheesesteak. And I just remember be, like looking at her and being like, what? And trying not to say anything because I, I, uh, I, I was under the impression her dad was like a lunatic and I did not want him to kill me. <laughs> so I didn't want to say anything, but I was definitely trying to signal to her like, for real? Is he not drink milk with his cheese? That's a weird pairing. Is it not? Um, and then we went and saw Bruce Almighty. So, also... So, pretty good date. <laughs> I will say, growing up, it was non-negotiable. My brother and I had milk with dinner. It was, you know, my my parents would pour it for me without even asking me Well, your parents are dairy farmers, it. though. <laughs> no. They had to. Or else big milk would take your house away. No, it was for the calcium hunter. Um, but, yeah, then uh, once I was older, I didn't really drink nearly as much milk. Because... That's why all your bones are broken. Actually, I have never broken a bone that I know of, which I feel like I would know, right? No. Like, it hurts a lot. No, I keep telling you, all those bones sticking out of your skin is bad. Oh, boy, Hunter. What? <laughs> I drank plenty of milk, and my bones break a lot. Yeah, I, I broke know. a bone just now podcasting. Well, here's How do you even do that? My brother has broken a bunch of bones. Yeah, yeah. So other people's. No, your brother's an enforcer for the mob. Sure. Anyway. Yeah, the Lithuanian mob. <laughs> I have no joke for this. <laughs> You're like I don't want to offend them. I don't. I wouldn't even know where to start. <laughs> this might be offending them right now that I don't know enough about Lithuanian mafia to make fun of them. Uh, so what's the Lithuanian equivalent of like the good coats are in the back? Like, what's the nobody knows? Have I ever talked to you about Vilnius's tourist uh, slogan? 
Vilna, what? Vilnius is the capital of Lithuania. Vil- okay. And it, V-I-L-I-N-U-S is the capital of Lithuania. And Denis Villeneuve. And their tourism slogan is that it's the G-spot of Europe. Oh, we when did talk about this. When you find it, you'll be glad you did. We did talk about this. That is very good. <laughs> that is very good and very true. And very real. Yeah. yeah. Listeners, get you a map to the G-spot. Of, of Europe. Europe. <laughs> um, anyway, movie. Yeah. Milk. He drinks a lot of it. And, like, he doesn't even have a parent home to make him. He just does it on his own. Um, after he murders that guy and finds that guy's foot in his fridge. Well, that's the thing freezer. is, Trickster says, take the foot as a trophy. Make sure to put it in a safe place. Yeah. And, you know, once he wakes up and he's like, he's like, shit, this was great. He tells Kyle about it. It was awesome. He's telling about him the next day at school. And he's like, he's like, what was the story? Like, what was the deal? And he's like, I don't remember much plot. I just remember there was like tons of blood and, you know, like whatever. And he's like, you know, Kyle's like, well, let me borrow it. He's like, okay, I just want to play it a couple more times and then I'll, I'll totally let you borrow it. And Kyle's like, all right, all right, all right. And this is like walking home or whatever. Or no, he, he then he's like, I'm going to finally talk to Kimberly, the girl across the way. And I'm going to, you know man up a little bit and go over and talk to her because i have a crush on her and whatever yep so he goes over her parents let him in they're like you know kim somebody's here to talk to you and he's standing in the living room they're watching the news and on the news is the news story about like a murder and this is one of those like uh fake news things where like they're like many details they give too many details they're in the crime scene taking photos of shit they would definitely not be able to like film for the news like bloody handprints on the wall and stuff and i'm just like no way no way would you be able to be in there no yeah um and you know so he's like holy shit and he leaves Uh, he's like tell kim i said i'll call her later i gotta go and he you know goes back and he looks in his fridge and he he opens the freezer door the foot is in there and the soundtrack is like crazy guitar like squealing and like wow 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 like sound effect it's like really over the top it's very funny so both the news and also the actions of the police are both not what they would be in real life and so i'm imagining that maybe it's it's part of like the game yes 100 percent. yeah yeah, because uh, Langella definitely breaks cop protocol, like, a ton. Uh, he enters Kyle's, or not Kyle's, he enters Michael's house without a warrant. Yes, and takes evidence. Yeah, and yes. then shoots him. Well, later he shoots him. Yeah, I know. But he's a bad cop. <laughs> if his actions in this movie were real, he would be a super bad cop. Not good at his job. But, like, by the time he shows up in the finale to just shoot Michael, it's it's way over the top. Yes, but like when he when he breaks into his house and is like you know scooping fucking ashes out of the fireplace, you're like, well, this isn't right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. So that's the thing is now that Michael thinks that these murders are happening, you know, in real life, he you know freaks out. He burns his clothes in the fireplace. So the second witness, the the second level of the game is killing the first witness. And this is the one we don't see. And we talked about it a little bit at the top of the yeah. podcast. Um, where and Kyle. I, yeah, it's Kyle. And the reveal is that he opens the freezer again. And Kyle's like specific, like kind of arrowhead metal necklace mm-hmm. is in there. It's got blood on it. And again, the same like sound effects. Music is playing and it's kind of goofy. Yeah. He's like, Igor, call Kyle. Yes, monster. It just keeps ringing. And, you know, eventually Langella picks up doesn't say anything and you know michael's like kyle say something you know come on man 
And he's like, who is this? You know, I'm Franklin Jello. Who is this? And he hangs up. Which, by the way, the way he ends a call is he says later. Because <laughs> it was 1994. Yeah. So he's like, later. And it hangs up. <laughs> um, I thought that was very funny. We did skip over the scene where he's trying to hide the evidence by yeah, yeah. Uh, well, burying so, the foot. Well, you were talking about the... Yeah. yeah, a little bit. So I sort of jumped to sure. two. But yes, once he realizes that these things are... I'm, I'm going to talk in the pre- sort of the present moment of the movie... Because, yeah, you think this is all happening in real life, and then the reveal at the end is that, no, it was all the game, it was in your head, except maybe it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> Again, which we will get to. But So he realizes this is happening in his neighborhood, and he's like, all right, I'm going to get rid of the evidence. So he goes to bury the foot in the woods. It's Canada, so there are woods around. You, if you've seen an episode of The X-Files, you know how close the woods are at all times. Yeah. Um, and he goes out I there. Mean also, New Jersey, depending on what area you're in, there might be woods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is the Pine Barrens. Got the, the Pine Barrens. Yeah, got the Jersey Devil yeah. out there. He's not living in a condo. Sure. So, yeah, he's trying to bury this foot, and a dog comes by. Yeah, yeah. Zach. Zach the dog, uh, German Shepherd. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, he's trying to dig this hole. scones with this foot. Yeah, the dog just like, yoink. At first, the dog just runs away, and he's kind of like, shit. <laughs> and then he sees the dog again like the dog like comes kind of comes back because you hear the dog's owner like you know yeah and the dog kind of comes back with the foot and he's like please i'll never ask you for anything else <laughs> and the dog like leaves him alone yeah and drops the foot and you know he's like cool and he picks it up and then the dog and the dog's owner start coming back this way and he like hides in the underbrush and the dog briefly comes up and almost blows up his spot by like being like maybe i want that foot back <laughs> and he's like come on get away get away get away uh and then the dog just like leaves him alone and he avoids detection yeah uh like a metal gear game sure yeah then he, i guess he buries it Probably. he has it yeah and then the scene kind of just cuts like yeah. you know yeah uh, but we'll get back to the logical fallacy of that scene at the end of the film uh-huh because that's where you're just like wait what <laughs> it's a real wait what which are i mean again it's kind of my favorite thing it's kind of the my favorite thing about the movie, but also the worst thing, mm-hmm. is the wait what's at the end. Yeah. Um, there's two of them, and one of them kind of makes sense, and the other one absolutely does not. Like, defiantly does not. Uh, I wanted to note, Kyle is ginger. This makes two furlong ginger buddies in films. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, yeah, in Terminator 2, his best buddy, who is accredited as Tim, although I couldn't tell you, uh, is played by Danny Cooksey. Danny Cooksey was on um i believe it's oh no it's salute your shorts i was gonna say hey dude it's salute your shorts so yeah two edward furlong ginger best buds interesting yeah a description i wrote down of uh trickster is that he has uh the nick cage bird hair meme but in real life Mm. in i believe it's one of the national treasures there was like a photo of nick cage's wig in that that had a moment where Somebody photoshopped it to be like a hawk. Mm. And it's like my, you know, it's this photo of Nick Cage and says, my hair is a bird. Your argument is invalid. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of the hair that Trickster has all the time. Yeah. It's like fuchsia, but it's basically it. I'll try to do a side by side if I remember to do this. Mm-hmm. Trickster tells me he has to eliminate the witness. He plays the second disc. We see him. Yeah. It's he the ta- second He one, tapes right? himself and he goes, I don't know, you know, what's going to happen. But if I, you know, kill somebody, then this is my confession. Yeah, he's Basically. like, my name's Michael, whatever the fuck. I'm 15 years old and I'm scared to death. Yeah. Or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's about to happen, but if I'm a killer, then consider this my confession. And then Igor dials up 1-800-555-FEAR. And then, like, the yeah. like the, the 
Stargate kind of vortex thing happens. And then we see him wake up. He rewinds the tape. He watches it. And when it gets to that point, he just stands up calmly from the chair and walks off screen. And he's freaking out. He's like, I, I didn't leave the room, I swear. Like, yeah, I was here the whole time. There's a very 1994 joke where Trickster is telling Michael, like, I would never betray you. I would never rat you out. They could lock me away for a thousand years. And he goes, they could break all my fingers. Snap. And he starts snapping his fingers. Yeah. One by one by one. He's, but please, no country music. A man has his limits. Yeah. And I was like, ugh. What a 1994 joke. Mm -hmm. As though Garth Brooks didn't have, like, some hits. In that same scene, he's also like, you know, who did I kill? And he's like, Prey has no name. Oh, yeah, that's a good line. Which I, yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, uh, I love Kyle's jacket in this. It is a leather jacket, but he has painted, like, red checker squares on, like, the shoulder panels. Mm -hmm. It's real cool. I was like, that's a good customization, Kyle. Yeah. Pretty cool dude. Mm-hmm. He he would be a good 1990s best friend. Yeah. I think Edward Furlong made a good choice. Indeed. I also, in the 90s, had a best friend whose name was Kyle. Unfortunately, I did not murder him. <laughs> I might cut this out. I might leave it in. We'll see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, have... There is a funny thing. Kyle, I, he doesn't get a lot of screen time in this. Uh, but there's a funny thing where after Michael realizes the murders are real... Kyle shows up at his house and because Michael like skipped school and he's like, hey, dude, I've been calling you like you didn't answer. Like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, I have mono. And he's like, oh, it sucks. Uh, well, if you're not going to be using it, you think I could have that brain scan disc? And he's like, Kyle, come on. Fuck you, man. Or whatever. He's like, I got to go. And he like shuts the door. And then Kyle starts ringing the doorbell like incessantly. Yeah. And Michael reopens the door and Kyle's just standing there flipping him off and just walks away. <laughs> Which yeah, is hilarious. Like he rang... starts to walk away and flips him off over his shoulder yeah. with both hands. <laughs> yeah, the, the 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 classic fuck off all Wednesdays. Yeah, like, um, it's great. Um, it's really funny. It, yeah, that got a laugh. Yeah, it's really good. And like, Furlong is like, yeah, you too. <laughs> Kimberly brings Michael his homework after he skips school. Yeah. And you know he kind of botches. Like it's clear. It's pretty clear throughout the movie that she's into him. Um, and he's just fucking botches it. Wall-to-wall botch. Mm-hmm. Trying to brain scan and chill later. Is that what they call it? Um, so Trickster comes out again and is like, well, now you have to play the third level. And, you know, they're arguing and shit. And the doorbell rings downstairs. Um, and this is after he's killed, you know, killed Kyle. That was level two. And, uh, you know, he goes downstairs and it's Langella and his assistant, you know, mm-hmm. sergeant. He invites them in, which is like, that's fucking... Never do that. Yeah, no. Well, can we come in? I was like, do you have no. a fucking warrant? My dad's not home. My dad's away on business. Do you yeah. have a warrant? Yeah. I'm a minor. Yeah. Here without legal representation. Yeah, and you played Dracula, my dude. I'm not letting you in. I'm not inviting you in. I've seen Dracula. Yeah. I got a horror club. Yep. Langella, get the fuck out of here. Yep. Anyway. No, uh, you can't come in. Lawyer up immediately. Those are the two rules. Yeah. I'm a minor. My dad's not home. You played Dracula for all these reasons and more. You are not coming in, but I will answer a couple of questions if I want to through the door. I think it would be very funny if you accused random people in your life of playing Dracula. (laughs) (laughs) I seen Dracula. You played Dracula once. What? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a good reason not to invite anybody in. Oh, absolutely. But... 
Michael's greatest mistake was not inviting the police into his home where they see the burned clothes ashes in his fireplace and are like, it's fucking summer. There's no reason he would light a fire. Yeah. Because he started <laughs> freaking out after Kyle and stuff like that was burning all of his stuff. Yeah, but here's the thing. Langell is like, it's it's July or whatever. It's June. It, it can't be because school's still in. But he's like, you know, it's summer. There's no way that he'd need to light a fire. It's like, he's a 15-year-old boy at home alone. Yeah. So he might just like fire. Yeah, man. You don't he, know. He might just be like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, fire, fire. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle might have been like, Dude, you think couches burn? <laughs> I don't know, Kyle. Let's find out. Yeah. Fucking, yeah. Just lit a couch cushion on fire. Lit a throw pillow. Yeah. Never liked a throw pillow anyway. Yeah. Teenage boys aren't known for their rational, or, yeah, rational Rationality. Thinking. Rationality. Yes, thank you. Yeah, no. No. Uh, yeah. We are, we were not. Yeah. I was one. Uh, my favorite pastime. This is not a joke. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. My favorite pastime for a summer was... Um, those like little, uh, plastic army men. Yeah. I'd light them on fire. Yeah. Right. Wait till they got kind of melty, but still recognizable as like a person shape. Uh-huh. And then I would splash water on them. Uh-huh. And it like freezes the plastic as it hits. Yeah. And they look really cool. Like they were uh, caught mid explosion. Uh-huh. And like, I just thought they looked awesome. They all looked like you had thrown hand grenades at these soldiers and they were like mid, like comic book panels of people mid explosion. And it was really gnarly, and I had, like, I don't know, 40 of them that I'd made, like, lined up on my windowsill. Yeah. Yeah. But, yes, his biggest mistake was not inviting the cops into his house. It was leaving Trickster unsupervised in his room. While he ate a raw chicken. <laughs> Trickster makes... And I mean other stuff. Yeah, Trickster, like, it, like he, Michael comes upstairs, there's just food all over the floor. There's, like, milk. Yeah. And he there's, goes, like, like french fry pieces. <laughs> yes, this... it is. It yeah. is a full-on Slimer. Um, there's just, like, food on the floor everywhere. There's, like, tater tots and shit, like, whatever. Mm -hmm. And cut over to Trickster sitting in Michael's bed, eating a raw chicken. I made myself a snack, I hope you don't mind. And he squeezes mustard on a plate that looks like it has, I don't know, banana pieces and something else on it. Yeah. And then watching him pick up this, like, banana piece covered in mustard with his fingles and throw it into his mouth was clearly the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my life. Uh-huh. Ugh, Horrible. Yeah, Michael's like, get the fuck out of my bed. You're ruining everything. You ate all my food. My dad's away. I'm 15. I don't know how to care for myself. Uh, and Trickster vanishes. My next note is about Michael has a dream where he's, uh, like, he's getting somewhere with Kimberly. Yeah. They're making out in her bed, and then she, like, climbs on top of him, but then she turns into the first victim. Yeah. Who, not in the dream, but when he was killing him in the first, you know, game scenario, I, th I thought kind of looked like he could have been a stand-in for Fraser Crane. <laughs> <laughs> mm. it's not it's not a perfect kelsey grammar but no but you know light him on fire and then dump some water on him and yeah, yeah, yeah. Enough. <laughs> kelsey grammar grenade edition li yeah. limited chase edition action figure <laughs> after kyle died kimberly stopped by and you know talked to michael a little bit yeah. And she was like, you know, I know you were friends. And she's like, I don't really know him, but like he came by my house. We, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but the principal nixed the horror club. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was just like, cancel it, it. Yeah. He's like, he's like, it's banned. Yeah. Uh, if you want to show anything, you have to run it through me first. Yes. He's like, from here on out, if you want to show anything, if you run it by me first and there's no more horror club, I canceled it. So after they kind of had a fight and Kyle flipped him off at the front door. Kyle apparently went around and got a bunch of signatures from people to reinstate Michael 
Brower, I think his name is, um, his horror club. Mm -hmm. And he went by Kimberly's. And she's like, yeah, I don't really know him, but he brought this by to have me sign. And she's like, my dad didn't want to let him in the house. He's like, yeah, yeah, I could see that. (laughs) But he's like, you know, he's kind of sad. And he's like, I already miss him. And like Kimberly hugs him and it's very sweet and whatever. And yeah, again, she's clearly, you know, into Michael. Um, So the next day, the Monty, uh, you know, local newspaper shows up. And the story, that story about like, you know, second victim murder in, in, you know, in a week, uh, you know, his best friend says, I already miss him and whatever. So now Michael feels betrayed and Kimberly shows up and yells up to his window and is trying to be like, Michael, you know, let me explain. Like, I didn't mean for that to happen. Yeah. Stacy did it or whatever her friend's name is. Not a real character in this movie. No. And he, he's like, oh, yeah, and he just blast music. He throws the newspaper down to her and then like blast music. This is when he's blasting music because he's trying to drown out her calling up to him. And this is when Langella's like, now is Langella's time to shine. And he breaks in and he steals ashes out of the fireplace and he leaves. And then they start like a manhunt that night. Uh-huh. And Langella explicitly is like, you guys are neighborhood watch. Yes. But you. No weapons. Yeah. If I see anybody with a weapon, you are getting arrested. I'm confiscating the weapon and I'm arresting that civilian. Yeah. And, you know, they start this, like, grid sweep, flashlights, the whole nine, um, while Michael is going off. This is, like, level three, which is he left a footprint at Kyle's house. Yep. In, like, the flower bed outside the window. Yep. And the two rules of brain scanner, no witnesses, no evidence. So, That's right. And I guess also don't talk about brain scan. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> it's a bad marketing strategy. Yeah, no, I don't know. But... Yeah, so he's he's going by Kyle's house to get rid of... Also, his brain scan free. I mean, his... It's an 800 number. Oh, yeah. So it's not a pay number. That's 900. Yeah. I checked, because I was like, maybe it's 900. No, it's 800. Yeah. No, 800 is like... Um, I mean, it's for commerce, but it's right. not a, a pay-by-the-minute number. Right. Yeah. But he doesn't give a credit card or pay anything when he orders it. They just send yeah. him a disc immediately. Yeah. Maybe it's like in whatever 1994's version of Beta was. Where oh, he's that's testing, true. Maybe? But they're advertising in Fango. Oh, good point. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, even at the end with like, is it real? Is it not? He still didn't pay for that. <laughs> sure. So yeah, maybe it's Beta. Maybe they're yeah. advertising the Beta. Yeah, that's Beta uh, testing, not Beta Max. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, no, it's a CD-ROM. Which I feel like you have to uh, specify in, in 1994. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he he sneaks over to Kyle's, and it's like a, it's an in and out, you know, one minute mission where it would be totally fine. They they put a little uh, tarp over the footprint in case it rains, you know, nothing will land in it, and you know won't won't deform because of the rain or whatever. Mm-hmm. He just goes over, fucking wipes it all down, and meanwhile, That's as you how mentioned they got earlier, the night stalker. What was that? That's how they got the Night Stalker. It was part of the, that was part of the evidence. Um, oh, oh, the sneaker. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. He had rare sneakers. He had very specific sneakers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was going to say, that's not how they got the Night Stalker. How they no. got the Night Stalker is all of a neighborhood beat the shit out of him until the police showed up. <laughs> yes. Which could have happened here, but didn't. That would be kind of great. All right. We could remake this and it would be rad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know we talk about remaking movies a lot. Yeah. But, like, well, yeah, why not? I, I believe we've outlined, you know, when you should, which is, you know, things that didn't get a fair shake but have good bones. Right. You know? Yeah, and this, yeah. 
As we'll get there, but yeah. yeah um, or where uh, you might have a more modern spin on something that, you know, yeah, yeah, that new, it still has relevant themes. Sure. Yeah. Um, so Trickster calls the house. Uh, the other detective, mm-hmm. the sergeant, is inside. And Trickster's like, there's someone in your yard. And he's like, who is this? A concerned citizen. Yeah. And he looks outside. He sees Michael leaving. So he gives chase. Michael runs almost directly into the, like, manhunt line. Yeah. Um, and then he, like, detours and runs to, like, a construction site. Yep. Where he gets caught by the principal, who's one of the people in the manhunt. And the principal's like, I got him, I got him. And he's trying to be on the radio and trying to call, uh, you know, Frank Langella and be like, come to this whatever address. And uh, he, like, backs into a, a, a brace. Yeah. And it, like, knocks part of the scaffolding down. All these bricks come down and kill him. Yep. So now Michael is, you know, also responsible for some manslaughter yeah well and langell is giving him shit because he doesn't radio good yeah he's like <laughs> the knob on top <laughs> like it's pretty good yeah um so michael ends up like in the basement of this unfinished like construction and he's again like hiding out under some tarp or whatever and mm-hmm. there's people around it's the same thing as before it's the same thing as the feet as the the, the woods the dog comes by, the dog comes up to him, and he straight up is like, I know I said this already, but, like, I promise this time I'll never ask you for another thing if you leave me alone. And the dog does. The movie does get a little repetitive. Yeah. Stuff is kind of like, eh, we already saw this. Yeah, which, I mean, I guess that's probably why it's it's good that you don't see the second killing, is that it reduces repetitiveness and also adds some tension in that way. But yeah. I can understand why some people might have felt cheated. Yeah, we only see the one kill. Yeah. And, like, for a movie that's kind of, like, you're in the eyes of a killer, you know, like, it's just a one. And it's, yeah, you know. So, the militia are all kind of around the house because they heard the bricks fall and whatever. So, there's a bunch of guys there. And some of them have guns now because they're assholes. Oh, yeah. Somebody didn't follow directions? Weird. Oh, what? There's an asshole in New Jersey? (laughs) What? (laughs) New Jersey, you say? Has assholes in it? <laughs> Spoilers, they do. New Jersey has assholes in it. Spoilers for New Jersey. <laughs> Spoilers for New Jersey. Danzig is there. He's a huge asshole yeah, all the time. That's one. <laughs> that's a big <laughs> one. Yeah. That's a huge one. Probably counts for one and a half. Yeah, from... it's like da- Danzig <laughs> raises the asshole quotient of your state by like 30%. <laughs> just by being there. And I like him. I'm a big fan of his work. But he's an asshole. <laughs> very, very much looking forward to reviewing his uh, vampire western. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah, yeah dude. Yeah, told me about this. Yeah. He said the following thing. He was like, the best thing about this movie is you don't have to wait to find out who's a vampire because they're all vampires. Yeah. Uh, we watched uh, Veronica over quarantine. Yo, I love Crystal. Veronica. It's insane. Um... Yeah, I mean, you know. It's like three stories and it's all diminishing returns, but yeah. like you should definitely watch it. Yeah. Yeah, you know. This is not a bit. Part of like my bucket list of things in life is to get sued by Danzig. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is to piss off Danzig enough that he sends me a cease and desist. Because I feel like it's pretty easy, but it's also really funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey Hunter, what's our slogan? Don't be a Danzig, like and subscribe. He's probably mad about it. <laughs> he doesn't know why, but he's pissed off at us. Yeah. Once he can figure out our email address, it's all over. Yeah. 
Luckily, I haven't written a jingle for it yet, but yeah. if I do, I will probably steal some Misfits uh, meter. Oh, hey. <laughs> Let's get Jerry only to play on it. Oh, boy. I'm like, hey, Jerry, I can't pay you, but do you want to piss off Danzig? He's like, hell yeah, I do. Uh-huh. <laughs> Danzig. Anyway, assholes in New Jersey, they exist. So this, the sergeant runs up, because he's been following Michael, follows him to this general area. The militia's already there. They got guns. They see a guy with a gun. They all turn. They fire. The sergeant gets killed. Michael uses that distraction as a time to run away. He runs right into some patrol cop who's like, the fuck are you doing? And he's like, uh, 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 I was not prepared for this interaction. Uh, uh. And he goes, kid, they just caught the killer over there. You better get home. Yep. And he lets him go. Yep. So he gets back to his house. Trickster's there Didn't again. Didn't that happen with Bundy? Dude, that happened a lot. Well, yeah. Especially right. Bundy. Bundy, I think it happened a lot, too, like multiple times, because yeah. Bundy was good looking. Yeah. He looked clean cut. Yep. Too pretty to kill somebody. I mean, I think it speaks to the general innate goodness of humans that we we would be hard-pressed to look at another human and really decide they are a serial killer. Like, they're somebody incapable. They're, they're somebody capable of this near inconceivable level of evil. Sure. That speaks to the innate goodness of the, of humanity but at the same time i feel like you could push a lot of people into a gorge and i wouldn't care (laughs) i'm a complex man (laughs) i can feel two ways about a thing sure that cognitive dissonance thing it takes a lot for it to really get to me Mm -hmm. i can be like i think people are innately good and also be like we could ship most shitty people into deep space and then just blow that rocket up and i would sleep well that night I mean, you don't even have to blow it up if you just angle it towards the sun. Yeah, but, like, then it goes boom. All right. Fair. I mean, it's going to go boom when it gets close enough to the sun anyway, but I won't be able to look at it because it's the sun. It's really bright. Yeah. I need those special mole man glasses. Yeah. Yeah. I got those. Mm-hmm. If you just blow it up far enough out of orbit that it won't, like, debris down on the planet, then I'm cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Trickster shows up. He's like, you got to play level four. Level four is kill the second witness. The second witness is Kimberly. Because, of course, it is. Yep. And this time, I don't even think they go through... So with level three, they didn't even go through the pretense of him, like, putting a disc in and jacking in, so to speak. He just goes over to Kyle's. And level four, it's the same thing. He just, like, goes to Kimberly's. Like, it's not... He doesn't, like, sit in his game chair and call 1-800-555-FEAR again. Like, they're just breaking down the the pretense between, sure, like, this sure. is the game, this is reality. You know? Right. It's now like, you're in it, Michael. Yeah. Blurring some lines. Yeah, so, yeah, he goes over there, she's asleep, you know, she's in like a, she's in like a nighty, which is like, you were a, you were a teenage girl, did you sleep in like a little silky nighty? No. Right? What did you sleep in? Uh, I slept in either a t-shirt or a sports bra. Right. And sometimes underwear and sometimes not. Right, right, And if it was cold in the winter, then maybe I had pajama pants. It's, this is the summer, so you don't have to, yeah. I know. So, like. Um, if I was actually, like, at a sleepover, I would wear... Then it's something the 90s. more, <laughs> I would wear something more substantial. But yeah, substantial no. meaning like a really sexy nighty. Oh boy, yeah, like, with, like lace. Totally. No, like it. it looks like a Michael Linsner Dawn cover. No, I had. Ooh, I pulled that out of my brain. Is that right? The guy that created Dawn is that Michael Linsner? I think it is. Yeah, and I had a pair of uh, blue plaid pajama pants. Honestly, and that's hotter th- to me than the I than think the usually I tend to wear, um, I had like a blue like baseball tee, like raglan sleeve that yeah. was, you know, in a similar, you know, so it was, a, it was a cute little set that way. Sure. Had my little glittery butterfly clips because it was the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, that was in fashion. Yep. 
Uh, not that anyone asked, but like I always slept in pajama pants. I uh, when I slept, I didn't really wear underwear; I just wore PJs. And then yeah, like a big T-shirt. Yeah, I had like a four X uh, Phantom Menace T-shirt that I got at like Toys R Us or something for like three bucks, and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I like literally would always look for the biggest shirt to sleep in because like you just want to be comfortable. Yeah, I like things that aren't a lot of extra fabric because I tended to roll on them and have them fold under me. Uh, yeah, I mean, Whereas, I... like, I wanted something that was, like, close enough without being constricting. Yeah, yeah. You know? No, I, I liked, like, big baggy stuff. Like, I always bought my pajama pants really big. Yeah. And, you know, they're all, like, uh, uh, tie waist, so, like, yeah. I'll just tie them and whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the biggest possible t-shirt. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I had, like... This 4X, at the time, I was, like, a large, maybe pushing extra large. Yeah. Um, But I had, like, a 4X Phantom Menace shirt that was, like, my favorite thing to sleep in. Um, The other thing that I used to do, which is kind of funny, is I would specifically be buying men's um, pajama bottoms because they didn't really do... You like the dick flap? They didn't do plaid and ladies, but I would sew the dick flap closed for modesty. So I could be sitting, like, cross-legged on a bed and not have this, like, flap open. Oh, I always sew the dick flap open. (laughs) (laughs) As a sign of aggression? Yeah. (laughs) But then, weirdly, I would sew, like, a photo of an eyeball in it. So people would be like, oh my god, is he some kind of eye-crotch demon? Yeah, um... Um, I was trying to, like, Cyclops penis portmanteau, but it doesn't... Cyclopiness. Which just sounds like the quality of being a Cyclops. Yeah. He was rife with cyclopiness. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So she's in a little kind of a negligee thing. And um, she wakes up and she's like, Michael, please don't kill me. I like you. Yeah, I've always like, liked scissors you. scissors or something? Yeah, he's got scissors, which also kind of jollo. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That red is very jollo to me. Yeah. Is it? They're her scissors, like from her house. Like, is it scissors in Don't Look Now? I don't Is it remember. a knife? And I'm not even sure if Don't Look Now is, like, strictly giallo or from just thinking about it because it's got some bright colors and it's set in Venice. Yeah, I mean, it's it's Nicholas uh, Roeg, uh, Rogue. I don't know how you pronounce yeah. his name. But, yeah, it's his, like, I, I always thought it was his Ode take on giallo. G- yeah. Okay. It's yeah. of the era, but I don't know how. It, it doesn't ape all the. Yeah, no. The, the, the cliches of giallo, but, like, right. it seems influenced by it to me. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Classic. That's a great movie, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, any uh, any rogue, rogue movie. Mm-hmm. Men Who Fell to Earth. Yeah. Also great. Mm-hmm. Like, anything. Anywho. So, he doesn't want to stab her because he loves her. And she's like, I love you. And he's like, you'd say anything right now to save your life. And she's like, no, I can prove it. I have a shoebox full of weird Polaroids I took of you. Oh, yeah. It's only creepy if she's not into it. That's basically... I mean, like, yeah. that's what this movie is trying to to put forth sure is like it would be creepy if she wasn't on board but she's totally on board from the beginning of the film obviously yep from the jump we are just going to voyeur all over each other yeah they're two pervs who are into each other and for whatever reason haven't expressed it Mm -hmm. you know yet and like we get earlier when she brings the monty by with like a story she's like i have a lot of photos in this one so you get that she's like works for the newspaper whatever whatever okay so yeah, she opens up her little shoebox and she's got a bunch of photos of him and whatever and they're they're not as pervy. Yeah. They're, you know, they're not as pervy as his cuz a lot of this thing is like in the open in her introductory scene she like gets undressed kind of. Yeah. Well, she does. She gets topless. 
Um, you don't really see much, but no, basically um, bra. Yeah, bra and like back and yeah. side boob, uh, whatever. But yeah. like, but she, it's clear she knows he's there, and she's doing it hoping he's watching that kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah. So Trickster shows up to be like, well, you have to fucking kill her because that's the game, dude. Like, come on. She's going to rat you out. Bros before hoes. And he's like, I don't know, though. Yeah. Because, like, it's not even close. She's way hotter than you, Trickster. And he's like, but I got all these fingles. And he's like, yeah, it's kind of not a thing for me. Yeah. It might be for somebody's thing and I'm not judging, but it's not my thing. Mm-hmm. He's like, come on, dude. I'll make you bananas with mustard on them. And he's like, eh. So, um... This is when he stabs Trickster. They kind of start to melt together. It's kind of like a time cop yeah. uh, ending. Sure. Um, and then it kind of is just that, like, Trickster possesses him. And again, yeah. it, it's like he's got some stippling on his face, like kind of light burns or something. Yeah. He's and sweaty. Then he's got, he's the, got pixel eyes. He's got the pixel eyes, right. Which are kind of cool, all things yeah. considered. <laughs> then Frank Langella just walks in and draws his gun. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'm the worst cop ever in New Jersey, which is saying something. And he just shoots this 15-year-old boy. Yeah, and we do a no and no. a no. And Everybody says no. Yeah. Like, Kimberly says no, and then Langella says, like, oh, I got him this time. And then Michael says no, and he gets shot. And then he wakes up in his chair again. Yep. And what... Had happened the first time, the first night that he did the first level of the game, right? The first disc. Mm -hmm. Kimberly was having a party. Yeah. She had a lot of people over. It was a real fucking rager. She's got a pool. Seems like an awesome time. He was kind of hurt that she didn't invite him. Um, So he calls 1-800-555-FEAR and he tells Igor, Igor no calls. Right. And then we see that Kimberly does try to call him. Potentially to invite him to the party. Like, hey, I'm having a party. I don't know if you noticed. There's a lot of people over here. We're fucking raging. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. You should come over. But instead, she just gets Igor doing like the master. Master is busy. Yeah. Master is busy. Yeah. And uh, she's like, mm. and yeah. yeah. And you know what? Good on you, Kimberly. You don't yeah. got to put up with this fucker yeah. playing hard to get. Yeah. He lives right over there. You could see her having a party. If you wanted to come, you should come by. I mean, maybe you, you should. You were too cute to wait by the phone when you got people over like that. Yeah. Yeah, everybody, listen. If you're having a party and there's somebody you hope will show up, invite them. And if you don't invite them, fucking don't think about it all night. Yeah. That's not your fucking deal. Like, you either invite them or you don't, and then don't worry about it. Yeah. And if the next day at school or a week later they're like, hey, you didn't invite me to your party, you'd be like, oh, next time I will. You'll be the first person I invite. Yeah. Hunter, how long was I pining after you? Not very long. No, like eight seconds. <laughs> Stop. And you immediately were like, we're married now. <laughs> no. But... She had me in a headlock and I couldn't breathe. And I was I was trying to tap out, but she had my arm hung up on the rope. Mm-hmm. And the ref couldn't see it. And, oh, it was rough. So I had to I had to submit. Yeah. And she got the belt. Please donate to my charity, Headlocks of Love. No. Headlocks of Love is pretty good. <laughs> that sounds like a charity where wrestlers donate their hair. Well, yeah. Holy shit. Can we? All right. We should start Headlocks of Love, where every year uh, we get two wrestlers who both have, like, you know, a lot of hair yeah. to challenge to a hair versus hair match. Right. And then... And then also tickets are do- more donations. Right. Tickets are donations. Loser donates a certain amount. Winner donates a certain amount. And loser donates their hair. 
Well, all right. I mean, we, we have some people we got to talk to then. I just feel like <laughs> I feel like a lot of the wrestling community are very giving people yeah. and would be 100% on board with this. Yeah. Plus, that's a cool way to lose a hair versus hair match. Yeah. It's like, they shaved my head, but it all went to a really good cause. We raised like X amount of money for charity. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. I'm a good person. I'm better than you. Also, I could, you yeah. know, powerbomb you through a Buick. <laughs> Celebrity Judge Ray Mysterio. Well, now you got to cut all this out. <laughs> no, no, no. If anybody listening to this knows wrestlers and want to put us in touch, we will start this charity. I don't know how to start a charity, but I'll do it. Okay. I can look it up. Hell yeah. This is a great idea. This is the best idea we've ever had. It's a better idea than when I had the idea to start this podcast. That's not true. It's as good. <laughs> so when Michael wakes up now after... It getting having, shot by it, Langella. Yeah, after it not having actually been three or four days. Right, it's, it's still, yeah. it's the same night as the party. Yeah. The glass of milk is there untouched. He has not chugged it yet. Oh, boy. Oh. That's a thing. Like, they specifically I have know. a shot with the milk, which is like yeah. the only other time you really see the milk. And I was like, oh, they specifically put weird milk chugging in so that you'd remember it. And I was like, that's kind of <laughs> fucking the smartest thing ever. <laughs> and you made the the... Uh, Christmas Carol joke. Oh, yeah, but I haven't missed it. Yeah, because he mm-hmm. looks out the window. The party's still going on. He goes outside. Yeah. Kyle's out there. Yeah. You boy, what day is this? Yeah, Kyle's yeah. like, dude, I've been calling you. You know, Kimberly's having a party. We should fucking rage. And you were like, oh, then I haven't missed it. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> contra- possibly controversial opinion. Christmas Carol is a much less enduring classic if uh, when Scrooge throws the window open, he's like, you there, Kyle, what day is today? Yeah. So, yeah, let's uh, let's finish this movie. Um, yeah, so Kyle's not dead. He's going to go over and uh, ask Kimberly out because uh, now he's grown a pair, having almost murdered through. her. Yeah, <laughs> having almost murdered her. Yeah. Yeah. Then he realized what he has to lose. I want to note that, uh, you know, he wakes up and in the background you hear the, you know, the game was like, thank you for playing Brain Scan. This is a production of Scientific Perception Laboratories, the makers of Brain Scan. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's cool. They yeah. just threw that in there. Uh, Michael does the dumbest thing anybody ever does, where he's like, it was fake fucking, I thought I killed my best friend. And he wrecks all his own shit like oh, an idiot. Yeah, I forgot about that. He that like is... clears off every table. He's fucking knocking everything on the floor, throwing shit across the room. I'm just like, calm down, you bitch. Yeah, he's like destroying a lamp and I don't know, a computer or something. Everything. But they shot it from multiple angles, so they keep doing like bam bam bam. He knocks bam, his bam, desk bam. off, he does yeah. like a table, like yeah. Yeah. But like I'm saying, like they'll have something like minorly explode, but yeah, play it from three different angles. Um, so yeah, he goes across to the party. Uh, he leaves Kyle outside. Kyle starts talking to the friend. Yeah, Stephanie. Whatever. Who's like not a person, not a character yeah. in this movie. She's like got a little beanie. She's got little John Lennon sunglasses. She's got a drink. Yeah. He's like, hey, what's up? And she's like, I'm over this. And he's like, oh, me too. You're really cute. You look like that girl in that video, but much better. And she's like, yeah. He's like, yeah, like totally. And she's like, you're Kyle, right? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, hi, Kyle. So you're like, all right, cool. Kyle, we thought Kyle got murdered. It turns out he's not alive. He's not dead. He's alive. And also he might make out tonight. Yeah. Good for you, Kyle. Yep. You're a good, you're a good Kyle. Yep. All right. So then Michael goes upstairs, talks to Kimberly. He's like, hey, you want to go out some time? And she's like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's like oh really she's like mm, may, i'll think about may, it i'll think about it he's like 
So maybe. Yeah, he's like, like, you'll think about it? That's not yeah. no. Yeah. And you're not dead? Yeah. Things are looking up. So then there's the two kind of like post, well, one is pre-credits, but like it's the end. It's the yeah. coda, uh-huh. which is he goes in the principal's office and he's like, I have something I want to suggest for the next horror club meeting. And he hands it to the principal and it's brain scan. The principal mm-hmm. goes, brain scan. He's like, yeah, it's an interactive video game. I think you'll have a lot of fun. And while he's saying this, Trickster appears yeah. and sits in the principal's chair. And he's like, <laughs> I'm mugging for the camera. And, you know, Furlong looks at him. He's like, yeah, see you later. And he leaves. And I was kind of like, that's weird as shit. But I feel the like game that was, was to be more stylized. Well, the game yeah. was in his head. Yeah. And I guess, but I'm like, but he's not in the game anymore. So that kind of is like a reality breaking thing that makes you go like, what the fuck? But I'm like, if that was the, if that was it, all of it, I'd be like, okay. Because the game was in his head. This trickster is a thing, you know, compiled by his subconscious. Okay. That's why, whatever. Good. Done. Yeah. Okay. And then the credits start and then we get the dog, Zach the dog. Yeah. Don't they do like a butt weight? Yeah, it's a straight up like, hold on a minute. Yeah. Hey, everybody, don't leave the theater just now. Yeah. And Zach the dog, like, pads up to a house, and he's got the the foot in his mouth. Now, what I couldn't remember was, don't they show that in the very beginning opening montage? No. The dog? No. I thought it was the same shot of him trotting across, like, um, um, tennis fields or whatever. Opening montage of what? Of, um... Uh, Edward, like uh, Mike's nightmare of the um, car accident and cutting between like that and oh. like his house and him in bed. I don't I thought, remember that. I thought you saw a bit of the dog. I don't think so. Okay, but maybe. Well, anyway, this is like a butt weight, and you see the dog with the foot. And yeah. I was like, did the dog have the foot before? And I, can't I don't remember know if the dog had the foot. Before. I don't remember the dog in that opening like dream sequence either. But maybe. Maybe the dog actually wasn't. Maybe it was just those those places. Maybe know. it was the um, tennis courts and then the front of his house. I'm raising I, my arms. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I'll Couldn't tell you, to... you should have maybe rewatched the opening <sighs> of the movie. Okay. I'll to be you. definitive. I'll... Or told me to. Okay. Because you could have done that. Yeah. But I did not. Well, I didn't, I didn't realize. I thought you maybe had a better perspective. No, I don't know. On it. Okay. Yeah, no. All right. Well, I, anyway. Anyway, all, yeah. all I know from my multiple viewings of this movie is that because yeah. I was always like kind of unclear because like it's very again, it's not a, a super linear movie that like A to B to C. Everything's just kind of like, oh, I don't know. Maybe this happened. Like it's very like loosey goosey. Yeah. But it's so like- I was always like, when does the dog happen? Is that because I always kind of thought like maybe it's not while he's in the whatever but you know yeah either way there's a dog running around with a foot and where'd the foot come from right and like i thought it was all a dream so like the dog and the movie's just like i guess maybe there's a sequel who knows and i just like it's again it's maybe my favorite thing but it's also easily the worst thing maybe it's that the principal played it and the dog has a foot now because the principal's playing it oh that literally never occurred to me that's kind of cool it would have been different it would have been cool if it was something else though right like a hand Oh, like what yeah. if it was like a lady's hand with like yeah. specific weird nail polish that we never saw? Like it was like purple nail polish, yeah. like something that would stand out if you noticed it. Uh huh. Or if we had somebody in the back, like maybe a secretary in the principal's office, right? Where you don't pick it up, but on re. Uh, hmm. See, that would be something. This can be something we put. This in would our be remake. in the sequel. <laughs> yeah, the remake. Yeah, no. Um. So, so all right. just a little bit more definitive as far as what we're talking. What about What we're here. saying. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's the movie. Yeah. It it's it's not. It's not perfect, but it's enjoyable. It's not There's the densest a lot of movie. To like. Okay, if you're just if we're you're just looking for a should I watch this movie recommendation, I would say yes, but it's definitely better if you watch it with friends and you can like watch it and kind of goof on it and whatever. Don't invite the friends to talk through the whole fucking movie because fuck those people. People are not fun. But invite the friends who watch a lot of movies with you and know the rhythms and can crack a couple jokes and you still won't miss anything in the movie. Yeah. And yes, uh, I think it's a good group watch, a good fun. Like if you have like a horror night with with pals, whether it's yeah. in person or uh, socially distant, I recommend this movie. This is a fun time. Well, it's not currently streaming, but you can find it, uh, I think, and hopefully you can watch it. Yeah, you can uh, rent it for streaming. On yeah, yeah, a yeah few but I, things. I, um, I think I've seen it floating around a couple of those like horror movie YouTube upload sites. Oh, okay. Um, over the years and like, yeah. And you might be able to just buy a copy for a couple of bucks or whatever. Support physical media. It's good. Um, yeah. Yours actually, I, I bought for you. Yes. It is a weird four pack. I bought a four pack called thrills and chills, which is a whole line of like four movie multi, multi packs. Yes. Um, and so this one has brain scan, the craft monster high fright night. The original. Yes, the original Fright Night. The original Fright Night. Um, it's like 80s, 90s Yes. Uh, I had seen three of those. The Craft, um, Fright Night, and Brain Scan. I had never seen Monster High. We watched Monster High and, spoilers, future episode. Yeah, man. It's I don't know who the guest is yet, but it's a future episode. Sure. Rosalie might like it. Rosalie might like it. Um, yeah, it's pretty bonkers. So, my recommendation as far as... My, my, my vote for this oh, yeah. is... It's... It's a watch verging on, verging on Great Watch. But yeah. yeah. It's a watch, but it's closer to Great Watch than not. Yeah. Agreed. Um, it's imperfect, but it's almost really good at parts. And what is there is very fun. The effects are good. It's it's a cool time. And I think it's a good like group hang watch. Yeah, uh, I agree. It's got a lot of stuff working for it. It doesn't necessarily stick the landing. Um, I don't think it deserved all the hate it got when it first came out. It really didn't do well and i think it still doesn't have like a very good like rotten tomatoes rating or whatever yeah um but there's i mean like listen i've seen a bunch of movies you know over the years and like at least this isn't like really boring yeah it kind of drags in the second half it starts to get kind of samey and whatever but it's not that long so like the sameness is over before you notice it it is like a hard hour and a half like yeah it's it's like yeah, there's plenty of movies that are just, like, way less fun to watch. Yeah. Um, this at least starts strong and yeah. then kind of fizzles out. Yeah. Which is, like, the worst I could say about it. Yeah. Agree. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. So, if you would like to email us with any of the things I asked you to email us with during this episode, you can do so at write, hate, watch, great watch. That's W-R-I-T-E-H-W-G-W at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. At Hate Watch Great Watch Podcast. That's H W G W Podcast on either of those platforms. You can catch us every other Wednesday. That's every, every other Wednesday. Wednesday on the Movie John Podcast Network and everywhere you get podcasts. Don't, Don't be a Danzig. Like, like and subscribe. subscribe. Buddies forever. Buddies forever. That's what he says in the movie. Me and Kyle. Oh, buddies forever. Buddies forever. Buddies forever. Buddies forever. Buddies forever. Bye. Bye. Bye.
a castle. All yeah. cops are Frank Langella. 